You're listening to a special edition iFanboy podcast, Batman Gotham Knight. Fanboy Podcast. We're talking Batman Gotham Night. My name is Connor. I'm usually here with Josh and Ron, but neither one could make it. So this time I'm sitting here with two iFanboy writers, Paul Montgomery. Hello. And Jim Ski. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> I don't you can see how I adopted that name. I don't want to butcher your last name. I'm sorry. How do we say your last name? Mrochkowski, if you absolutely have to. Okay. Thank you, Jim. So we're going to talk about Batman Gotham Knight, which is the third release in DC's direct-to-DVD animated feature line. They started with Superman Doomsday, then we went to Justice League, The New Frontier, now Batman Gotham Knight, which is sort of an anime-styled anime Batman anthology, which ties in tangentially to the Batman films, Batman Begins and The Dark Knight, which is coming out. It's sort of set in the same universe, but really not. Uh, it's sort of some sort of strange amalgam. But this was a series of, was it six stories? Six. Six, yeah. six. Six stories, all shortish in length. Uh, I don't know, like five, six minutes. I don't. I didn't really pay attention to the length. But they were all written by and, and directed by different people. Greg Rucka, the writer, wrote it, wrote one episode. Brian Azzarello wrote one. David Goyer, who wrote the Batman Begins, wrote one. Alan Burnett, one part of the Batman animated series uh, trilogy of dudes, he wrote one. And it was all done in an in, in anime style. So this this is basically basically the background of the. Um, Disc. We're going to talk about the disc, the disc now, so there'll be some spoilers, so if you haven't seen it yet, pause the show, come back later. What did we think of Batman Gotham Knight? Do, do you guys have a DVD player with a remain button? I have a button on my DVD player that I can hit that will tell me how much time is left in a movie. Oh, and, uh, and the longer that I watched this, the more use uh, that button got. <laughs> Like, it, it got to the point where, like, you know, you're waiting for the walk sign to change, and you keep going up and going, ah, click, 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 click. That, that, I kind of got that way towards mm. the end, I must confess. Paul? See, for, for, well, for me, less of that as it went along. I thought it got better as it went. But, yeah, so the opposite of diminishing returns, <laughs> whatever <laughs> right. that is. Well, now, the last story was the strongest. I'll give you that. Well, let's give mm. a brief outline of each story. The first one was called, I have, a story, have I Got a Story for You? And it was a bunch of kids recounting their impressions of Batman. That was... Very similar to an a- episode of Batman the Animated Series called Legends of the Dark Knight, where a bunch, oh, yeah. of, bunch of kids told their impressions of Batman. And that, in that version, all the versions that they told were from the comics. Like the, there, was a, there was a Dark Knight Returns version, there was a Dick Sprang version, there was all the diff- different kind of versions. In this one, it was all very dark. There was a, a one called Crossfire, which, what was that one about? That was the second one. That was, that was the Gotham Central one. Yeah. Oh, right. That was a Greg Ruck one with Christmas Allen and not Montoya, but... Um, Anna Ramirez. A- Anna Ramirez, who's in Dark- The Dark Knight. She's in the film. Field Test was Batman had the a... James Bond one, yeah. sort of. Bulletproof Batman. Oh, yeah, he yeah. had that weird gadget yeah. that made a force field around him. Right. The Darkness Dwells was by David Goyer, and that was with Killer Fallon. Croc. Killer Croc. Mm-hmm. Working Through Pain by Brian Azzarello. Oh, well was, named. Was the, <laughs> the one where Batman goes off to learn... He learns that pain don't hurt like Swayze in Roadhouse. He learns Zen, like he yeah. learns Zen, like uh, ability to deal with pain. And Deadshot was was basically self-explanatory. Where Bat- the Hitman Deadshot comes to Gotham, Batman fights him, and that was it. I think right. One, two, yeah, yep. three, That's four, five, six. 
I like them all to different levels. Obviously, with anthologies, that's usually what it, what it's like. I really sure. enjoyed, for some reason, the off kilter animation of the first story. Interesting. Very really? non very non traditional, almost like an indie comic brought to life. You know, that is exactly what I said to my wife, who was already checking out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I found I found that style really off-putting. Mm-hmm. Like it, I, it, it seemed like the story with the kids and everything. It should have had kind of a light touch, and it was sort of just unpleasant to behold. I started to feel like uh, Alex in A Clockwork Orange, like I was having my eyes held open. And I actually felt to- it was odd to start with that one. Yeah, yeah, because you didn't really get the true Batman very much and you, all you do is got these different first, I mean I understand the, the idea that this these are different ideas of what Batman is and now we'll show you what Batman is whereas if you're not really a fan and not into it it's weird to start where you don't really get the main character right away mm-hmm. the animation was definitely non-traditional and I think it was probably why I liked it but so much but yeah it was just an odd place to start with the film. Well, yeah, and I mean, I knew what I was getting into. Like, I, I knew the conceit behind this anthology and, like, the style that it was going to... I didn't expect, like, a talking crab to come out of Gotham Harbor and sing Under the Sea or anything like that, you know? At the same time, like, the, sure, the Batman shadow monster or whatever, but those kids were as creepy as the Batman was. Right. <laughs> they looked like they had melted. It's an unsettling animation style. It's it the, the movement is a little unusual, and it's it's not really what we're used to seeing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I really liked it for that reason, but I definitely thought it was a weird choice to make. I mean, you could have started with a little more traditional stories. Um, I liked Greg Rucka's Gotham Central story. Uh, Gary Dordain, who's from CSI, was the voice of Christmas Allen. There's a lot of familiar voices, and we should probably mention that Kevin Conroy was the voice of Batman. Who he's, he voiced, yeah. he very famously voiced Batman in Batman the Animated Series and in a, on the sub- subsequent cartoons. And I, I kind of thought it was not a good choice. I was glad that he was back, but I thought that the design of uh, Bruce Wayne, as I thought of it here at home, David Bowie Year One, uh, right. was a very unique choice. Like I didn't realize it was him when he came on the screen at first. Like, which, which one, though? He came into though? that scene uh, in Field Test, I guess it was. He comes onto the screen for the first time as yes. Bruce Wayne. And I, yes. I was kind of like, hey there, Ziggy Sardust. You got into mommy's hair gel. That's the one where he played golf. <laughs> then, he, was playing, he was playing golf in that one, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then he started talking, and I was like, oh, my God, Kevin Conroy's in that little girl. Yeah, that was, that was where it really, was really went off the range for me. It was one of the episodes. It was done, and he was done in a very Japanese style. That He looked like he was about an 18-year-old Japanese man. Yeah. And and then Kevin Conroy's very booming voice comes out of it. And it was just too there was too much disconnect for me there. They should have gone with someone else. And the other thing is he's older now and his voice has changed a little. It's still Kevin yeah. Conroy, but it's it sounds he sounds like an old not old man because he's not old, but he sounds like an older man. And so when you put him in a, in a body of a young Bruce Wayne, <laughs> he doesn't no say that do whatever whatever whether he sounds like an old man or not. We can all agree he doesn't sound like an androgynous glam seventy superstar. Yeah, I think that was uh, the worst. I think it, it works okay in some of them, and I worked it worked okay when he was in the suit. But overall, I thought yeah. they really should have just gone in a different direction. It was it was just odd. I mean, I, I really actually quite enjoyed it. I had a good time with it. I really liked working through pain. I like oh, the no. I like the psychological aspect of it. I like I loved the final shot of him holding all the guns that he found in the sewer. I that, like that one. Oh, well. Remain, yeah. remain, remain. I must have <laughs> like I, I didn't think I was gonna make it. If yeah. Deadshot hadn't come after that, I don't know. I'd be a pile of bones on my couch right now, I think. Can can we all agree that, that Deadshot is the best one of the bunch? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, I found it visually uh, interesting. I found it 
exciting to watch. I cared what was going to happen next. Like the one with Killer Croc and the Scarecrow, there was a moment right around the time when Scarecrow started shrieking the way that I've, the movie Scarecrow never would have done that I was like, it was building to the climax and suddenly I looked around and realized that I had been following Twitter for the last five minutes and something <laughs> something was happening. Like, oh, Batman's getting flushed out of that sewer somehow. Which is Maybe funny I because should... that was the one that David Goya wrote who was the writer yeah, of the film. Yeah, it was the most That's interesting. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I kind of like that one because it made the Scarecrow out to be, he, I thought he was presented in a, in a scary way and I, mm-hmm. I'm not used to seeing that. In, in any other interpretation of the Scarecrow, like like thinking back to the animated series, like he's more one of the like bumbling, you know, villains. And in this one, I actually thought that they did a pretty decent job with that. I think that's something they started with that in begins because he was, you know, he was kind of scary. In it. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, true. And and yeah, I think the fact that Batman is so malleable, he can af- appear in almost any form in any kind of genre, and he kind of works because the idea of him is so mm-hmm. primal. And I liked the different interpretations. Now, I didn't like the literal interpretations all the time. There was one designed for Batman's outfit that was just crazy. Was that the bulletproof one that looked like the bad guy from Battle of the Planets? Yes. It was just like, yeah. you know, one looked very close to the films, one looked very close to the comics. The first one where he was all over the place, but there was that one armored Batman, and I just thought... Mm-hmm. The field test one? I think With that the, was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was good, like the helmet? Yeah. Yep. Not everything worked. Not every choice worked, but I think overall... On balance, I really I had a good time with it. I really liked it more than I thought I would. I bought it sight unseen, you know, when it first announced. I went ahead right. and ordered it right away because why not? Well, and, it seems uh, like such a sure bet. Well, I think, and I, I guess I in your case, it was. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it worked out. I had a fun time watching. You know, some of it was, you know, some I, my eyes wandered for a couple of stories, yeah. but the yeah. overall, I, I, I quite enjoyed it. It sounds like you didn't expect much out of it and ended up enjoying it a great deal. I was like hopping from foot to foot by the mailbox waiting for the Netflix envelope to arrive, and I was like. Like, the air got slowly let out of me the longer that I watched it. Were you an anime fan? Uh, I, I'm sure a real anime fan would say, no, I'm not. But, right. uh, you know, I, I like the Animatrix. What does that get me? Anything? I don't, I don't know. Well, that, that's pretty much the same idea as this. Yeah. Well, okay, for me, I pre-ordered this uh, on Blu-ray, no less. I feel like this is more of a rental for me, really. I, I don't know how much how, how much I'm going to go back to this. Yeah, I, I don't think there's a very high rewatchability in it, that's for sure. It's yeah. it's sort of an interesting experiment, and I'm glad I checked it out. But I would say to anyone out there, if you're on the fence, I'd say like at least rent it, do the, do the Netflix yeah. thing first, and try it because it's, I it's don't, definitely yeah. not. Funny. I mean, I don't I don't want the time back, but I was very aware of how much time it was. <laughs> like down to the second for a while there. Who do you think this was for? Uh. You know? Because <laughs> it's, it's all over I, uh, the place. It's not really, I had know. that conversation at home as it was happening. I said, <laughs> when the hell is this for? Exactly. Like, you know, my, uh, my wife is exactly the person that Josh was writing about on the site the other week about how comic book movies haven't translated into comic book sales, right. you know? She has never expressed even an iota of curiosity about all these periodicals that are stacked up all over her house. But anytime, like, Hellboy, shit, yes, Fandango, go, right now. Like, right. so we're always the first in line for the movies. So I, she didn't know this existed. So when I pulled it out of the envelope, I was like, honey, Batman movie. Mm-hmm. And so, so she sat down with me. And by the time Chris and not Montoya got to Arkham, she was like, you know, I'm going to turn in. <laughs> like she, she was you know kind of stretching and uh, heading up the stairs. So I, I don't know if it's for the dilettante who liked Batman Begins. I don't know if it's 
for the comic book guy, I don't know. I don't know. I'd say, I'd say anybody who is maybe in, in on the rush of the new Batman movie should you know should check it out. And I think if if you're a Batman fan, it's worth looking at. It's, it's worth checking out if you liked uh, Gotham Central and you want to see those characters, you know, like moving around and and in fire and stuff like that. Boy, that car uh, was unfortunately parked, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, I don't think any of us are really that put off by any of the anime stuff, like other than no. Jim with the first one. So it's but not. I thought it's that was the least that. anime like. I thought, I mean, my, yeah. my limited well, knowledge that, of anime. It's sort of, it, was more like, it was more like a corn video. That's a, it's sort of a, a modern thing that they're doing. I, I, I have somewhat of an anime background. So the, the first one, it's, it's not traditional anime, but it's, they're right. using that style more and more. Every time somebody tries to animate Todd McFarlane, it ends up looking like this. <laughs> I thought, I, it was, I thought it worked really interestingly. I don't know why. I, 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 I liked I it. I kind of liked it as well. I li- yeah, I thought it was interesting. And, and the way the camera moved in that was kind of yeah. cool. It's very naturalistic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Mostly, I'd say it's, a, it's an experiment. Um, and I'd say try it, you know? Yeah. I was very worried that all the anime people would end up thinking I was a codger or something if I came out against it. Like I was, this doesn't look like Aladdin at all. No, I, I uh, think know, any like, of the... That's Disney. I mean, yeah. Well, <laughs> and any any <laughs> of the short... You are a codger. Uh, <laughs> any of the shortcomings, I think, with this are that they, they are so short, so you don't – any of the ones that you find interesting, you don't get to go into them enough. I felt like I would like to see a Deadshot movie. Like that would be right. so cool to see that as a full-length episode or, or as a feature-length thing. And some of them are too short to even get invested in at all. That's probably the shortcoming of any, any anthology. Mm-hmm. The ones you really like, you don't get enough of, and the ones you don't like, you're with too long. Yeah. Well, I lost track for a little while. That one with the Indian female fakir, that one was uh, that was three and a half hours long, right? I like that one, you caught I like yeah. that one as well. And it had a cool <laughs> flip in it. Yeah, I thought the fight scene was great. It was um, all leading up to that flip. Yeah, and the puke. I, I mean, after this, it's like, throw me an animated Gotham Central while, while you're at it. You know, I'd Now, that, I'd, I would be on board for that. Absolutely. More of Chris and not Montoya would be great by me. I do think it's an interesting choice that they made to go with this style of film to go off the popularity of Dark Knight or, or the anticipation of Dark Knight to go with an anime anthology is an interesting choice, especially since they bumped Teen Titans, the Judas Contract, off the schedule oh, yeah. for this film. I didn't know that. It was supposed to be the, the third film was originally announced as being a Teen Titans Judas Contract adaptation, which is now off the schedule completely the next film is going to be wonder woman is this another case of mainstream comic guys trying to use the the manga and the anime to appeal to the young young people today or is that just me being cynical i don't think so because i mean they're using actual like anime studios like and they're making a big deal about this is the individual studio so i I don't think so i I mean mean, i don't i don't think they're i don't think they're aping anime i just wonder if they went with the studios and the directors that they did because it's some sort of attempt to appeal to what they think the next generation is into and maybe that's why i don't know who this is for because i don't know any 12 year olds Uh, i don't don't think they think that i think they know the next generation's into it's not a question at this point Right, and I and I'd respect that over them trying to you know right. recreate themselves, to ape it, yeah, mm-hmm. which doesn't go over so well. No, people can smell fake by and large, but yeah, I don't know. It struck me as as an interesting choice, but yet at the same time they're using Kevin Conroy. They're kind of trying to be all things to all people, which I guess is what an anthology can do to a certain mm. extent. Like I said, I didn't hate it or anything. I really, I, I really wish they'd gone with another voice. I'm sorry. I know. Yeah, I'm gonna get another email. voice or another see, Bruce hear- Wayne design. No, the no, voice. I mean, the Bruce Wayne design fit the universe. It just was the voice didn't click in my head because it belonged to a different kind of Batman. It just—it's interesting they didn't use him for uh, what's it? 
New Frontier. New Frontier. New Frontier. Yeah, and they went with a different voice for that. Whereas you'd think something so alternative and you know an anthology, they'd go with the spirit of that and use different voices. And I think Jimsky might be right in that they, they got to the point because they didn't announce Kevin Conroy as the voice till much later. And I yeah. wonder if they did the movie and then they got cold feet in that. Will the traditional fans buy this? So they threw Kevin Conroy in there. Again, this is my theory. They re-looped all the voices to have his voice in there to get the fans who are fans of Kevin Conroy to, to pick it up. Because I wonder if they saw this and realized, oh, this might be too much for traditional American audiences. I don't know. Yeah, it's a, I wonder it's a, it's a possibility. Connor, could you say Jimsky could be right again? Jimsky could be right. Oh, in that. I never hear that. <laughs> Let me take some heat off uh, okay. of Jimsky. Because, uh, <laughs> my, my, I'm going to tell you, my least favorite was the Rucka one. Gotham Central one. Yeah, because I, I was like, oh, great these characters that I love by the writer that wrote them and then I don't think it delivered. I thought that a lot of the dialogue like in the car was just really bad. I thought it was terrible. Well, there's that moment. There's that moment. They're like, like the game. (laughs) They're like in a gigantic parking lot. One mob is on one side. The other mob is on the other side. A lone car is smack dab in the middle with two people in it kind of going, do you think they know we're over here? And then they all just begin firing on one another. They don't get behind anything. (laughs) <laughs> they don't duck. They just stand there and machine gun one another like they know that the opponent is stormtroopers or something. It's I, I sort of I didn't check out, but I sort of like wanted to join my wife upstairs. Uh, yeah, for, I just for, I saw there was a lot of exposition in that and, and saying like as you know we were handpicked for this division. And <laughs> I thought the conceit of that episode where they they were somehow stuck in they were stuck in the middle and no one noticed was stupid. Yeah. But I enjoyed it anyway. I like. I thought you had to sort of go with a lot of stuff in this one, particularly. But I thought that I thought that was ridic- kind of ridiculous. How that was the Russians and the um, and oh, let's the, say Italians. And the Italians <laughs> didn't notice yeah. the car in the middle. Yeah, I thought that was kind of that was kind of ridiculous. But you know, I I thought it was as, as Paul said earlier. It was, it was an experiment. I thought it was it was a nice experiment. Yes. It was nice to see them try this. I wonder about the momentum of this line of films in that they had fairly strong momentum coming off Doom today, a lot of momentum coming off New Frontier, and then I wonder if this is too much of a departure. Well, you know? you know what, though? Actually, I think of the ones I've seen, and I haven't seen them all, I haven't seen New Frontier, I think this was the most successful in that B. Clay Moore way where it did what it was trying to do, and that's mm-hmm. all it matters. Like, just as fate would have it, right before we decided to do this podcast, I happened to catch Superman Doomsday on on cable. That one, as much as I said, who is this for with Gotham Knight, I said, who the hell is this for, for Superman Doomsday? Like, because it's in that kiddie animation style, but people are dying and cursing at one another. And like, it seemed to be like a jack of all trades and a master of none. Whereas Gotham Knight kind of seemed to say, this is what we're doing. Just full steam ahead and damn the consequences or so i in that sense i sort of appreciated it more now you would know better than i i've only read half of new frontier and haven't seen the movie at all how successful that was it was extremely I mean, successful yeah, yeah. is he gonna get fired because he hasn't read all of new frontier he might that'll be his next assignment i inadvertently bought half of it instead of buying all of it you have mm-hmm. to cut me some slack until i can get back to borders we're gonna have darwin cook punch you and that'll <laughs> right. be your punishment we'll bring, we'll bring him by your house and, and he seems like just the man to do it <laughs> Overall, I think Jim liked it the least, and Paul and I liked it more. Yes. I think I feel the same way as Paul. I really enjoyed it. I don't know how often I'll pull it off the shelf to watch as opposed to New Frontier or, or Superman. Yeah. I hope that you do pull it off the shelf and give it another look like two or three months from now when you're not in the thrall of Batmania. Because <laughs> I want to hear how it, uh, how, it, how it holds up after I'll, the glow is off. I'll do that as soon as you read and watch New Frontier. I'm happy to do it. I didn't want to watch it until I read it. All right. That's probably a good move anyway. So I'll get right on it. And Paul, you, you, you 
overall? It's a solid rental. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say check it out. It's, no, it's. I, I really don't know. I, I thought the Deadshot thing was great. The other one's not as much, but uh, it looked looked nice on Blu-ray. Do you know? Do you know what I imagine it being said more than anything else at that animation studio? We need more brown. <laughs> Can we very, get some more brown? It's a, it's a very brown world he lives in. Yes. It's dirty. Blu-ray can't fix brown. You're a codger. Ah, uh, I can't uh, help. You know, I'm not wishing that they were like the old Fleischer Superman cartoons or anything. I just, I knew that I was going to get it if I said anything about the animation style. Well, if these, if anything, these are less racist. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so that, this is Batman Gotham Knight. It's on DVD. You can rent it. You can buy it. It's from DC's animated line, and we'll be back at some point in the future to talk Wonder Woman. That's the next one that's coming out. Nathan Fillion and Carrie Russell. Ooh, nice. So we'll see how that goes. And until then, I'm Connor with Jim. Hey. And Paul. And Paul. Hello. Goodbye. <laughs>